G'day everybody and welcome to the Risky Rollers podcast. I'm Dalton and I'm joined by Lockie. Hello, hello, hello. And also by Bailey. Hey. Uh, returning um, for your first time back. Uh, today we are going to be discussing the Tower. You've had a bit of recent success with them at a, at a local RTT. Mm-hmm. Um, Lockie has had uh, mixed results with them um, recently. Uh, and I've been going through the book and sort of checking it out. So we're going to... I think it's mixed... Re- you guys. It's mixed result, not mixed results. Yeah. By, by, which, by which we mean... <laughs> A bad, bad result. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just one lost game. Just, just, yeah, just pretty much. Horrifically lost. Like, uh-huh. it, wasn't, it wasn't Yeah, good. it was horrible. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I think I know what I'm doing, but I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think you did. I think it was the dice that bad touched you there. Well, I don't like you um, blaming that. I feel like that's just a cop-out. But yeah. it's true. Anyway, um, <laughs> before we get into all of that, uh, if you want to get any Tower stuff or any other hobby stuff for that matter, make sure to check out Dice Arcade. You'll hear a bit more from Tim a bit later in the episode. Um, if you want to chat with us about all the Tower stuff, there's a whole bunch of Tower players in there, um, as well as several, several of us getting into it and several veterans there as well. Jump into our Discord and hang out with us, talk Tower, talk everything else, and just have a great old time. So there's a bit of great stuff happening in there. Um, you can also support us on Patreon, uh, which we always appreciate. Um, and you can, if, if you're listening to us on Spotify or your podcasting platform of choice, give us a, I think it's a review on Spotify, um, yes. or, a, or a like or whatever it is, wherever you're listening to us, be it there or somewhere else. It does really help us out. helps get picked up by the algorithm a bit. That one's super important. Good. Yeah, yeah. That one's super important. Please, but, uh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's crack right on. Tao, book book is not really new anymore, but it's it's kind of new for for Lockie and I. Bailey, you've had some time with it. Uh, your first thoughts? Yeah, so it's still kind of new to me. Um, like I think this is four or five games that I've played with it now, including the recent RTT I went to. Um, I took it down to my uh, local game store for our like typical game night, and just absolutely decimated um, this very new orc player. And, (laughs) like, it was brutal. Like, just absolutely, like, turn one, half of his army is dead. Turn two, just fully tabled. Um, You know, I killed Gaz with the Cold Star Commander, like, with an orange gauntlet in melee. Yeah, in combat? I was going to ask in combat. That's that's awesome. awesome. So it's like, but it's like, that, that would be awesome. In a tournament, like when it's some guy, someone who's just brought their like, you know, chill orc army to a Thursday yeah. night game, and it's just like, I'm so sorry about this. It's a new book. I didn't realize it was like this. Um, and yeah. it's, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, this is a tournament only book at this stage, unless you like really skew out of it. But that's yeah. that's probably the the main takeaway that I have. Um, despite your, uh, I guess like misfortunes with dice um i find the book to be like really really strong front to back to the point where it's like you know people have been talking about nerfs and i guess we'll get into that a bit later on um and it's like that'd be fine you could nerf half the book and it would still be a great book like it might not be s tier or whatever but it would still be super strong um and still be a lot of fun to play i think and that's the big takeaway for me is just like because yeah, I have been playing Tau uh, throughout ninth. Um, yep. I play a lot of different armies, and I have played Tau quite a few times at various tournaments before their new book. 
And I've got to say, it's it's night and day, not just in the power level, but just in how you can actually approach the game. Like, your mobility is so much better. Your ability to respond to and react to what your opponent is doing is so much better. Your scoring is just off the charts. Um, and, yeah, obviously, you can just completely destroy your opponent in shooting. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that's yeah. they're all really good signs, especially I think the one of the key uh, positive takeaways, even with you would some would argue as a broken book, is that you could nerf half of it and still be good. You know, um, that's yeah, a good thing to hear. Exactly. It's not like Codex Hiveguard or something where it's you know I'm going to load up on eighteen or like Codex Rocket Truck Squig Buggies or yeah. Admet Planes yeah. or something like that. It yeah. does feel more like Drakari, where it's you know you're in, we're in the dark Technomancer stage and. Or the um, Obsidian Cult Rose or whatever it was. Yeah, Cult of Strife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, cool. Yeah. You know, that's going to get nerfed tomorrow or something is the rumor. and <laughs> Or it might already be nerfed by the time this podcast comes out. But then people will just <laughs> yeah, give probably. it to, you know, the next cool stuff in the book. So Yeah, yeah. So, Which, I mean, it's probably not the worst place for a book to be. If it's a little bit too strong, you can tone it down a bit. Um, and as you mentioned that, like, the entire book feels good to play yeah which means that you can tone the entire book down just a little bit and just bring it down into the area where it's fun to play against as well and you'll have a really really quality army yeah so i mean obviously the things that are not fun to play against it in my opinion having played into it a couple of times as well uh is just the mass indirect is yeah the the sms are a bit of a problem yeah the sms i feel are okay the air bursting fragmentation launcher or whatever it's called is 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 a real problem um and i've played against a tower force that didn't have like any of the afbs and i played against an army that did and i've obviously in the recent tournament that i went to i took mass air bursting and it's yep. insanity like it's it so takes sms and dials it up to 11 can you just quickly give uh, people a rundown on, on what that is and how it's used and why it is kind of, I guess, oppressive in, in, in your opinion? And Yeah, so I'm actually just going to double check what the actual so I ha- I have name the of the gun is because I always forget it's what it's a, called. You're, you're, you're saying it right, <laughs> Airburst Fragmentation air, Launcher or proje- Projector. Airbursting air, air Fragmentation Projector. Projector. 24-inch yeah. range, Assault D6, Strength 4, minus 1 AP and 1 damage. It's Blast and it can target units that are not visible to this unit. So it's your indirect fire, you know, chucks a, um, chucks some, uh, what is it, flak into the air, explodes and showers down uh, all sorts of shrapnel on people. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. kind of the yeah. lore of it. And SMS is obviously the smart missile system, which is yeah. uh, strength, strength 5, AP 1, 1 damage, um, but with a 30-inch range, I believe. And yeah. it's usually found on bigger battle suits, like um, yeah. your broadsides or your... Riptides or on vehicles. Yeah, so the so heavy your, all your heavy vehicles four. can take two of them uh, on their drones. Um, and since you're already taking a lot of devilfish and things it may, and broadsides, it, they're so easy to, to fit into a list. Yeah, exactly. Like, they yeah. usually come in pairs. Like, so for instance, the broadside version of the SMS is actually called a twin smart missile system, which is heavy eight. So that's a lot of shots. Um, yeah. And my RTT list had four broadsides with SMS and rail rifles. So. Yeah. 
So the other thing that they do as well, the SMS also ignore light cover. Yep. Um, so I'm going to... So, so reading over the profiles there, by the sound of it, the only reason that the uh, airbursting fragmentation projectors have a bit more a bit more of the bad feels to them seems to be because they're a bit easier to get onto the table. You can put them in crisis suits. Yeah, they're very, very Actually, cheap. Like, uh, smart missile <laughs> systems are longer range. Um, they'll average more shots, uh, only by 0.5 of a shot, um, but they're also higher strengths and they have the light cover thing. But looking at the... So, hold on, I'm going to check out the points differential as well. Uh, for your... You're paying, what, 10 points for your first airbursting fragmentation projector? Yeah, no, that's you'll go five. Then, that's five. Five, ten, then fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, that's the, the commander data sheet there. But yeah, you're right. Five, five, ten, and twenty. Okay. Um, um, so it's your five there, and then you're paying... Five so, points for a smart missile system, but they have to be on a, on a larger chassis. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so even that in of itself, right? So even when you go, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all in this situation, but I, I look at that profile, I go, okay, and I take my rolling into account. I go, right, D six shots. I'm probably gonna roll a two, whatever. Strength four, neg one, one. It's not that oppressive. So yep. I'm obviously with a tower and in throughout the book, there are multiple ways to buff things. So obviously there's a synergy in there that makes it oppressive. Yep. So like what, what are a few of those, the ways that it becomes like, I guess a problem or, or power. So or the, the first one is Montcar, um, yep. which for people who aren't familiar with the tower book is now a kind of like your doctrines or whatever. Uh, but Montcar applies for turns one, two and three in turn one, the range of Montcar is 18 inches. In turn two, it's 12. Turn three, it's nine. And essentially, if you target the closest unit within that range, you get an extra point of AP and you get to re-roll ones to wound. Mm. So straight off the bat, you're getting uh, AP two on um, your airburst in turns one, two, and three, pretty reliably. Crisis yep. battlesuits naturally move 10 inches. There's a yep. strat, a one CP strat to auto advance six inches. Oh, and Moncar allows you to move and advance and counters remaining stationary into the shooting phase. It's yep. important. So you can essentially move 16 um, unabated. Or if you've got a cold star in your list, you can give the cold star buff to Crisis, which allows them to auto advance eight. So you can move 18, shoot 18 uh, to get that neg two. The second side of the, I guess, like power ramping up is Exemplar of the Montcar, which is a Warlord trait, which is then a buff that's applied in the command phase to a like any uh, core unit, um, which then allows them to reroll all wound rolls as long as they're targeting something within 9 inches or 12 if you selected Montcar. So if you're in Montcar and you can get within 12, you can then be you know, hitting on threes with the mark light support or even just hitting on fours, re-rolling ones, potentially re-rolling everything if you've got um, Shadow Sun with you, yep. who is the new Supreme Commander, and then wounding on fours or fives or sixes even, depending on what you're going into, and then re-rolling everything again with AP2. Then there's another stratagem called Coordinated Engagement. So if you do this with two uh, different Crisis Battlesuit teams and they can both see, like they both target the same unit, uh, they'll increase their AP by another point. So, yeah, it's it's very easy to pump up 
that AP, like um, yeah. at least to neg two, even all the way through to neg three. But even at just AP one is super, super strong. Like, because then the third part of the loadout is you can add in target lock to mm -hmm. all of your crisis, which mm -hmm. means that they ignore cover. So if you've got something standing behind a wall, getting a plus one to their save, it's like you both ignore that plus one and then you're minusing one naturally, potentially minusing yep. two, minusing three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. up, up to like a, like a, a three, uh, essentially a negative three AP or a functioning one quite easily. Yeah. And I mean, if yeah. you're super, super worried about it, you can, I mean, I usually play, I have been playing Tau Sept, but people have been playing, uh, I think, Farsight. Enclaves yep. is the, and we'll get into Farsight Enclaves, I guess, as well, but with Tau, at least, there's a, uh, another stratagem that allows you to, uh, once you've Drop taken a wound off something. Oh, no. No, no, that's, <laughs> um, that's, that's a general one, and then there's the Farsight version of it as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the Tau one allows you to get plus one, two wound as well. So you can be going up from, like, a common, I guess, like, anything strength five and up. You'll be wounding on fives, you can then go to wounding on fours, re-rolling everything again. So it, okay. it just it's a, it's a massive amount of damage um, that yeah. you can just drop out of line of sight, and then yeah. you you know use your strike and fade stratagem for one CP to move an additional six inches after you've shot, or you've got them buffed up with sense of stone from an ethereal so that they've got a five up feel no pain, or you've got them running around with five shield drones so they've got yeah. five four up invulnerable saves that they have to chew through before they can even get to dealing yeah. with the crisis unit. And this is after they've maneuvered in such a way they can actually see the crisis unit. Yeah, exactly. Because you can just yeah. do all this from, like, behind a wall, like behind obscuring terrain. Yeah. It's, so it, it, it's nuts. interesting. It's interesting to see the the shift as well. Because you mentioned that they were kind of like Drakari, where you go everything internally together is fairly well balanced. It's just that there's this external sort of power level difference with the other books. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to look at that and go how much support you need to make it oppressive, like CP and, and um, other um, other uh, like system support. Yeah, so it's um, it's overlapping whereas... buffs, right? And that's what yeah, takes exactly. like what sounds like a pretty average well, profile of D6 yeah. strength for AP1, one damage. Yeah. And suddenly it but goes, it's... holy shit, this is a serious problem. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it's interesting to note that that's where the... the the problem seems to, to come in for it. Whereas with mm. Drakari, it was the base data sheets were just too cheap or, or like too... Or well, the too strats were too cheap for what they did. But well, no, it's right, thing, yeah. it? for, for, With Drakari, it's like you didn't need the strats to make them oppressive. Mm. You didn't need the support to make them oppressive. It they just dialed it up even further. Yeah, and I think um, that's probably one of the good things why people aren't that... And, and you know, if, that's one of the reasons why I look at it going, well, it's not that bad. After hearing you explain it, barely going, well, yeah, there is kind of... There's not only general ship involved, but there's also um, memory and, and investment, i.e. stratagems and list writing, right? Mm. So it's not just so straight like, straight line yeah. linear power that you just get this. So I think that those bad touches, in my opinion, aren't really that bad because, you know, you've worked for it as a as a you know, as as an opponent, the opponent's worked for it. So you go, okay. Sure. So now let's talk about Barsive Barsite Enclaves and probably the more boogeyman side of this, which is allied Farsight. Yeah, so, you can get the ethereals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for people who don't know, um, obviously you've got all of your different um, Sept tenants and they work like your different chapters within the Space Marine book. Uh, so, you know, Tau Sept is one of the most common ones. You've got Sarsia, uh, you've got Viola, 
puts a couple of other ones in there. And then you have Farsight Enclaves, which has always been the up close and, you know, kind of like the combat tower kind of style. It doesn't yeah. fight any good still, but that's kind of the vibe it goes for. But hey, if, if you ever want Chaos Tower, that's the nearest you're going to get. Sure. Um, I'm not going to get into the lore on that. <laughs> but I think yeah. it's also fan favorite. I think a lot of people... I think as well, especially in previous editions, myself included, the reason why I think people liked Farsight more is because it played similarly to kind of what the OG tower was supposed to play like, kind of like how the whole book functions now. Um, but back then, it was kind of the only one that enabled you to do that kind of fast hit and run style, you know, plays, um, which kind of what seemed to make it popular. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, like the big thing with Farsight in 8th was it allowed you to take two commanders and commanders were your best shooting platform per detachment. Yeah. Um, and that's still the case. So uh, commanders are detachment locked. You can only have one per detachment unless you're playing Farsight and then you can have two. The trade-off cool. for that is you can't take an ethereal, which is essentially a chaplain, right? Gives you additional yeah. buffs in your command phase. And those powers. ethereal <laughs> buffs... Live, with better limbies. <laughs> yeah. Those ethereal buffs are super strong. Um, as I said, yeah, there's yeah, one that just gives a unit a five up feel no pain. And that goes off yeah. on a two with the humble starve relic. Um, yeah. There's one. So you've got character ethereals for several different um, several different sets as well that innately have it go off on twos. Ah, uh, yeah, like uh, I think Anshi or Anvi or whatever I think his name on, is. Anshi and Anvar probably both do. Yep. Um, which, yeah, I think yeah, they're both on a two up, and then yeah, you have got a relic to get a base ethereal to it, but they're on a three up to begin with, which is already better than Chaplain. No, Chaplain's no, got off on a Chaplain's three. Chaplain's base three. Oh, not a four. No. It's the Master of Sanctity gets it to a plus one. Gotcha. Fair enough. All right. But um, but yeah, you still got that relic to get on two up. So if you play Allied Farsight, which is essentially like being a successor chapter um, of like the Blood Angels or whatever, uh, it allows you to take an Ethereal in your list. Sorry, so you can still how does how does that work with the recent change to not being able to run detachments from more than one sub faction? So you're still one sub faction. So yeah. essentially, it is like a custom sept. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. But you choose all the things from the main set. Yeah. So the same way you can have gotcha. like a custom, yeah. like if you play Blood Ravens, it would be a custom Blood Angel set. So you would technically be a Blood Angels successor chapter. And then you just have all the Blood Angels rules, but you get to say, these are my Blood Ravens. That's kind of what Allied Farsight does. Gotcha. But the difference is, so you get all of the Farsight rules. I'm yeah. pretty sure it still turns off the double commander thing, but I'm not 100% the wording on that. No, you still know. get it. You still, well, everyone's been playing it that you still get it. That you still get double commander? Cool, because you also yeah. then get an ethereal for some reason, which is yeah. bonkers. So essentially it just means that you get all of Farsight advantages and none of the Farsight disadvantages. And the main reason why you want to play Farsight is because of the stratagem, which is drop zone clear. It's, th <laughs> it's nuts. So essentially, I'm just going to read this verbatim. Use this stratagem in your movement phase when a Farsight Enclave's battlesuit unit from your army is set up on the battlefield using the Manta Strike ability or the Homing Beacon action. Until the end of the turn, each time a battlesuit model in that unit makes a ranged attack, you can reroll the hit roll and you can reroll the wound roll. If that unit contains four or more battlesuit models, the stratagem costs three CP, otherwise it costs two CP. So it's often going to cost you three because uh, you want to be dropping in like a big blob of crisis, like five is a pretty solid number that I'd see. Although you can also do this with crisis bodyguards in smaller units, still be just as good. But yeah, yep. rerolling all your hits, 
all your wounds. You might think, all right, cool. I mean, at least you're still coming in, you know, nine inches away. Maybe we can screen you out, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we just went over the range that they have for all of their, like, air bursting and everything. So you're not ranging that out. Oh, you're not screening that out, I should say. Like, they're going to be able to drop down and shoot whatever the hell they want, re-rolling all hits, re-rolling all wounds. It's just insanity. And that can come in on turn one with the homing beacon. So the... (laughs) There's so much stuff in this book. The homing yeah. beacon is something that stealth suits do now. Um, and essentially, they start an action. They can do it in turn one. And then in your movement phase, the homing beacon goes off and something can drop in within three, I think it is, of the homing beacon. Uh, and then nine inches away, typical deep strike rules. Yeah, That's pretty cool. I like the homing beacon's a useful thing again. Yeah, it's dope. It's like such a cool rule. But it just yeah. because it now works with that stratagem, uh, it's super super powerful because you can do it turn one um which means if you have two stealth teams which are pretty cheap with the homing beacon and full kitted out with drones as well that would be around 100 points um and they can forward deploy so they can be anywhere on the board you can essentially have crisis teams dropping in turn one activating this ability uh, activating drop zone clear and just going nuts straight away it basically gives you Oh, it's kind of like having um, a drop the pod. GSE, or like a drop pod, yeah. Like, they're absolutely, you start them off the board, no worries. Like, you have no fear of anything. Yeah. yeah. It's a pseudo drop pod. Oh, but yeah, Tau's version of a drop pod or whatever. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. It's super fluffy. I mean, Dalton, that was, that, that was the intention of how to use it <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, sure you, you, might you'll, you'll all see in the game that came out, in the battle report that came out today... Um, in like fact, he, look, we're probably going to mention what happens in that. So go watch watch that battle report and then come back to the podcast because we will mention it a few times because it's kind of relevant to this. Yeah. Um, um, so, so you know, you know, I, I play. Yeah. You guys, you guys, go and watch that. You done now? Cool. Yeah. Now you've done that. We're gonna we're gonna come back in here. So I used um, that yeah. right, and I used it, built the unit, and and the, I think this it is it is super powerful. Obviously, I'm, you know, it, it it is when it's used right. Um, obviously, I had to use it on the back foot, whatever. But um, and I'd built the list, and I think one of the the cool things about um, this stratagem, from what I saw anyway, is that it doesn't really limit you. You know, sometimes if you build a unit for a purpose, you're like, oh well, you know, how do I buffer it? How are we doing this? You can be just like, all right, I want entire plasma, or I want entire fusion, or whatever. You know, with the one shots or whatever, or the two shots here and there. Yeah. And you Having pay a bit more for that, but you're also then getting a lot more efficiency out of it too. No, I know, but I mean, with this stratagem, nice. having full rerolls to hit and wound, you mitigate the, well, pff, I could just load up now because you're not really yeah. worried that, like, well, you can guarantee whatever you're going to touch, you're going to probably kill, really, like, yeah. more or less. Granted, we took 13 wounds off an avatar. 12 wounds, please. He had two left at the end. Oh, did he have two left? Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. He had two left. And, after and after two each fair, one had, being halved, right? Yeah, mind you. Halving all that. And I had to spend two... Um, two... Uh, two fate dice. Turns of fate dice to keep it alive. There you go. But, um, you know... But still... You want that, that thing to die. You, should, you do. And, like, realistically, you should probably count on an elder player using strands of fate to keep something like the Avatar alive. Yes. Um, um, so, it's super powerful. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's cool. I think it is cool. Um, it is pretty bad touchy as well though being do it to a turn one but i mean look drop pods are bad touch anyway that's just kind of the nature of 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 how they work um yeah so is that 
your favorite sept kind of if we're, no, we're no i i love tau sept um tau sept is definitely where i'm at at the moment i think yep. it's i don't think it's stronger than that particular jankiness um but i think it's more consistent and has more consistent value throughout the game rather than trying to throw everything down into one or two big crisis bombs that just blow up the world um, I still think so, that's probably the strongest way to do Tau at the moment, but yeah. So mm. while, while we're on this subject, let's actually take a look at a couple of, uh, of steps. You've mentioned Tau a few times. So let's actually, sure. I'll very quickly go over what they do and let's have a, a bit of a chat about the way the steps sort of work in general. Um, so the steps for, uh, are just your chapters, essentially. Um, they're your, your different sub-factions of Tau um, and you pick one and you get all the benefits and restrictions that go along with it. Um, so for, for Tau, their Sept Tenet, their, their chapter tactics, uh, as it were, is every time they shoot a fight, they can reroll one hit or one wound roll. So like a, a pseudo Salamander reroll. So that's great. Um, they get three inch extra on their range of aura abilities. That's kind of fun. Um, and then... Each time they use, and then it specifies this also works on something that's not an aura, but kind of should or could be an aura that has a range or an ability that has a range. Things like your invocation or other abilities, you still add three inches to that as well. Uh, which is an interesting thing, because I'm not sure that they've done that or had or had to make that specification before. I think they've just left it as, oh, I guess it doesn't work on that. Yeah, so that's actually one of the main reasons that I love Towercept is that extra three inches on auras, but also on invocation abilities and command abilities that the crisis commanders can pass out. Because Actually, now, that, now that I think about it, I think one of the um, one of the Necron command protocols does actually specify, but it does specific abilities. It, says it also works on this, this, and this ability. Like works on not, Hand of the Pharaoh or something like that. It, it, exactly. Works on My Will Be Done, works on something and something else that aren't auras, but, are, but are have that same thing. But this is general. Is any... Any ability in your command phase that specifies a range, you add three inches to that. Mm-hmm. Just remember, we should never ever reference anything to the Necron Codex. <laughs> Purely yeah. not because it's I think against Necrons. I mean, I do, but aside from that, they, they, this is irrelevant at this point. That was a a um, a test book. <laughs> yeah, I full wholeheartedly believe that that was their test book for their future yeah. of moving forward, and it's. Yeah. I mean, I think we've had this conversation before that I think you're right, and I'll come around to it watching all the books come out. I think you're right is that they're writing them sequentially as we go, yeah. which is fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. But nonetheless, that was something they tested in that book, and then I don't think they've ever touched on it again, where this kind of a range extension ability extends something other than an aura. Yeah. And yeah. I want to mention why this is so powerful uh, in Tau. Yeah. It's not just because a lot of these auras now suddenly go up to being 12 inches because they're already extended. It's because crisis teams, again, and even broadside teams, riptides, whatever, anything that can take drones is pretty much already on a relatively giant base. And then yeah. the drones don't count towards coherency, but they do count towards the footprint of the Oh, unit. what? Do they? <laughs> yeah, do they not count? Hold on. Hold on. That's stupid. So okay, I don't, don't I personally, in my RTT, was playing them as if they did count towards coherency because that just makes more sense to me. But yeah. that's the way I'm seeing it. It's the same as that two commander things where people are like, oh, it doesn't explicitly say. Yeah, 
if you can't, and they're, and they're right, you know, like rules is written, that's how they want us to play it, so we play it as such, unless you're in a tournament that rules alternate, like the TO at their discretion to to rule but, otherwise, yeah. or obviously you have a conversation with your friend when you're playing, mm-hmm. but yeah, rules is written, of course, go ahead with it, mm-hmm. um, I would be very, that'll be get FAQ'd, of course. Sorry, but, uh, very quickly, where, where where is that about ignoring coherence? It's in the drone section. Yeah, they ignore look at sir, they ignore starting strength and half strength. That's the one that makes them ignore coherency ignoring starting strength coherency is based on the starting strength i think it's the rules that i'm seeing as i said i was playing them as if they do apply coherency rules because i think that's the way it's intended to i think but even with them like even using coherency if you've got Five I mean, crisis and maybe. five drones. You can string out a long way and yeah, still have I imagine, coherency. I imagine you would still need them. At least the way I'm seeing it to be intended, you would still need them to be in coherency. But you wouldn't count the unit as having more than five models if five of them are drones, for example. I, I feel like that might be the intention there. Yeah, that's that's how I'm seeing it as well. It's like yeah, yeah. the models it, still but, have to be in coherency. They're still models in the unit, but yeah, you don't count it as part yeah. of the whole. Uh, do they have five or more models yep. to start? Yeah. But uh, as you say, though, yeah. um, that footprint becomes massive. Yeah. yeah. And it should be one way or the other, right? It's either it doesn't affect coherency and therefore it doesn't, uh, you know, tap your buffs over or it does and it does or whatever. You know, that, you can't have it one way and not the other, which obviously other people are trying to do. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's crazy. That's crazy good. Yeah, you're probably so- getting, you're getting three inches from the drone to the... You know, well, you can be able to get three inches from the drone to the broadside or whatever it is that you're doing, and then you're going to increase. Or if you're running two or more drones, then you're yeah. get six inches from that unit back to wherever it is that your character yeah. is. That's super I mean, it also counts so you if just... your character has drones. The aura yeah. goes from the drones as well because it goes from the unit, right? Yeah. So, right. and if you've got a character with two drones, they can have to be within two inches of each other. They can fan out quite a ways. Like. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That's annoying. Um, the Warlord trait for Tau is I can't feel no pain. So on a five, you ignore a lost wound. I'm assuming um, you're never taking that, right? That's a bit no. of a waste. Yeah. Compared to the other other ones in the book, yeah. Um, but on its own, it's not bad. Um, then you've got sig- their signature system, which is like their, their relic, um, is the vectored maneuvering thrusters. So you add two inch to their move characteristic. Kind of cute. And then... Once per battle round, when it's selected as a target of a charge, and it's not within engagement range, it can make a normal move. And then you cannot fire Overwatch or set to defend, and your opponent can redirect the charge. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's very useful. If that's yeah. something that you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, st- stopping people from charging you, right, is obviously good. <laughs> yeah, I mean... The other, the other thing that Tau have is a one CP any battle suit can just add two to any charge. So you kind of, I mean, depending on where you are when that gets declared, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it almost seems like this is then becomes well, you can have this to sort of kite a charge out. This one, you know, fucks off behind your fire warriors or whatever it is, um, and making the charge already, you know, three four inches longer. Then let's say they do redirect. Well, then you're spending a CP to make that charge another two inches longer. Yeah. So the way I'd probably so, want to play this yeah. is with some like again, I'd be looking at using this as just free movement in general. So yeah, for instance, yeah. you'd be using it to g- 
get onto a point that you couldn't get onto or something yeah. like that. Or, yeah, get back into cover yeah. where it's relevant. But yeah. I think that, yeah, because this would... So signature systems aren't like relics. They're sort of separate. Oh, no, I think the signature systems are technically relics. Um, it's the prototype prototype systems. Yeah, the right. They're the free ones, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the, there's too many other good relics <laughs> is, is kind of what yeah. I see. And there yeah, is that, one that kind of does this. It's called the Bagel Hunter or something like that. Um, what am I looking for here? Mm-hmm. Uh, just while we're searching for these, I will confirm they have not fixed the layout of the books. They are still horrendously organized. <laughs> yeah, every time um, I open this book, I open it Crusade rules. So. Yeah. It's um. They, they want people to play Crusades. That's the thing. No, I think that's it, the only yeah. one that does it. Cool. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, that is a great relic like it is yeah. it is really cool especially on something yeah. like a cold star yeah. or an enforcer that's like going to be a bit more out the front uh I, said, I, th- I think the one you might be thinking about is the multi-sensory discouragement array which is a fantastic name for a relic that is actually a really good um, name <laughs> which is at the end of a movement phase you roll 3d6 against someone's leadership um however one of the results for that is you have move and charge rolls for them yeah, and they lose obsec, which is uh, huge. Yeah. Well, you, you choose one of them to have an effect. Yeah. So they, they, they lose obsec, or they have move and charge, or they can really target the closest unit with a ranged attack. Um, but that, that's your other, your other way to really mess about with, with enemy charges. Yeah, true. So, and there's also um, something that pathfinders can do with their pulse grenades or something like that. So there's a couple of ways to, to drop... Or to extend the range of other people's charges, which really makes trying to deep strike against how difficult. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the the big thing about this one is just not being able to fire Overwatch. And if you've got a a, a commander or a HQ unit that's kind of in a spot where they could get charged and it's going to be meaningful to the game, you would want to like I would hope at least that you'd sort of set them up to be able to tank a charge either with drones yeah. or with solid melee like the onager gauntlet or the yeah. i'm not going to be able to say the name of this stupid flamer the, the special flamer um oh, I, I said it <laughs> I, I said it for our thing because i took it it's a uh thermopneumatic you can do it Thermo- i just can't remember it it's not in front of me thermopneumatic <laughs> no way no <laughs> i'm trying to find no, it he... it's i have no idea where um, it's in the book it's a relic. No, it's not. It's the prototype systems. Oh, it's the prototype system. Sorry, you're right. right and right, not yeah. relics. So you can have relics and them, which, again, wild. It's awesome. No, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, everyone's yeah, getting those kinds of things. Hold on, hold on. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it. All right, go, go away. Go, go away. I'm going to say it. I got it. I got it. Where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Where is it? Stim injectors. No, 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 no. No. Why is the page ended? Load faster. <laughs> oh, Before what? Stim injectors. No, no, no. Steam injectors are something different. We're talking about the thermoneutronic projector. Oh, it's That's neutronic. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I ballsed it up anyway. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just stop talking from now on. <laughs> so you can put this on a commander or crisis model, uh, yeah. and it replaces their flamer. Uh, so 12-inch range, typical flamer stuff. Assault D6 plus yeah. 2, because all tower flamers are D6 plus 2 for some reason. Strength 4, AP 2, 2 damage, and it can be used in melee. The AP two is as also super strong. During, yeah, like AP two flamer be, is yeah. is is 
and the two That's damage makes off. it really tasty yep. against uh, marines and things. So then, and then as Bailey is saying, you can use it in combat, not just as the battle suit. You can shoot in combat, but as a melee attack. Yep, and it's still the uh, D six plus two melee attacks. Yeah, yeah, and pretty much Which, whenever you're firing this, but you right? get that on top of your normal attacks as well. Yep, whenever so you- you're firing it though, also it'll be neg three if you're Monkar. Very so, oftenly, yeah. Which well. Because it's it's twelve inch, right? Yep. Yep. So it's in eighteen, twelve, turns. and nine. So in turn three, oh, which is probably where you're more likely right. to be getting into yep. combat, um, yep. it can get a bit rough yep. uh, in terms of everything. So but once you're in fighting in melee, yeah, uh, as long as you're in mod car, it probably will be on. So Just... I, I wanted to clarify that too because I've I've heard people talk about it a bunch in the lead up to the codex, and every time someone said it, they were like. Oh yeah, you can shoot it in melee as well. I'm like, well, of course you can. That's what that's what all the battle suits do. You can fight with like, it. I don't understand this. Like, no, no, this you make the same number of attacks on top of your normal attacks with this with the shooting profile. Yeah, addition, additional during melee. So you might be wondering what's the what's the downside? And the downside is, unlike a traditional flamer, you have to roll to hit with this one. Uh, whether that's it, just something that they've forgotten to include because the prototype systems page is pretty tight. Or uh, whether it's like something that I actually intended, uh, who knows? But yeah, you still have to roll to hit. In shooting with a commander, uh, you're hitting on twos. In fighting with a commander, you're hitting on threes. So pretty consistent still. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just um, just a quick one on Monkar. Mm-hmm. Is, is it in your shooting phase only? So if you're, uh, yeah, that's the first part of the question. Is it in is it in your shooting phase only? Uh, no, because it does apply to charges. Oh, so does it apply so to Overwatch, yeah? Let's take a peek at the rule, I, I, wherever it is. I want to say it's ranged attacks. But, like, you, but uh, in Overwatch, the, you're making a ranged attack, right? It, so it's more exactly, in, yeah. What well, phase? I'm saying that, I am going to go find where this is. Again, yeah, it makes a ranged why, attack against the closest enemy yeah. unit. So yeah, you wouldn't get it on the melee profile, but you would get it on the shooting profile. Yeah, so you get it in Overwatch. So you just plus yep. one AP in Overwatch, period, pretty much. Yep. yep. Which is actually one of the texts, or one of the things that I tacked into in my RTT list, which was not super tooled up, um, just because it didn't have the models. And if you try to go buy tower models at the moment, you'll probably notice that they're sold out everywhere <laughs> for <Yeah>. good reason. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was playing, especially just, here in Australia. <laughs> yeah. So I was essentially just playing with like stuff that I'd had for my eighth edition uh, competitive armies. So I took two Riptides, because that's what I had. Um, But I teched them up to be those, like, charge targets. So they were the things that people would want to sort of tap into. They're not core, so you don't need to worry about putting them up to get re-rolls from your commanders and stuff. They could operate fairly independently. They've got a two-up, four-up in save. Um, They're T7 with 14 wounds, and they can give themselves five-up feel-no-pains every turn. So they can be super, super tanky. I didn't even take them with drones because it's not the points, yeah. but you give them the burst cannon, which is 12 shots, AP 2-2 damage. Yep. You give them early warning override, uh, which allows them to overwatch on a 5-up for free. You yep. give them target lock so that they're ignoring cover. And then you give them... Uh, what was the other one I gave them? Dun, 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 dun. They can have like a million different things. This is why I'm forgetting yeah. what they're called. Uh, Velocity tracker. Uh, which gives them plus one to their hit roll. Against fly. Against fly. Just against fly, yeah. Yep, against fly. But uh, custody bikes are everywhere. So uh, yeah, yeah, true. Essentially, uh, in this happened in my third game uh, against one of the other sort of top players at the tournament 
who was playing Custodes, essentially moved yes. up a unit of bikes to charge one of my Riptides, and then deep struck in a uh, Galatus Terminator to charge. Obviously dropped the plus two inches to charge roll, so that um, Terminator couldn't make his charge in, and got to overwatch yep. the bikes on five ups, you know, hitting on fives, wounding on threes, re-rolling ones at AP three, which puts them onto their involved two damage each. Killed two of the bikes in Overwatch. You know, yeah, then tank nice. yeah. all of the, like, one bike's attacks on my four-up invul, and then kill him yeah. in shooting in my next turn. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the things that I'll actually say is probably a good thing about the book as well is that rip- Riptides are one of the things I was going to bring up as a good point in that they don't feel as busted as they could have been. Um, played against Lockheed's one the other uh, the other day, and, and you'll see that as well. It doesn't... Really, like, it, like it has firepower, but it's not the oppressive levels that I'm used to from like sixth and seventh. Okay, I didn't use it, like, barely used it. FYI, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had no of idea course, what I was course. doing with it. Um, but so probably also... I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this going, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Bailey, we should have chatted before I played this game. I probably could have put the point, their points cost currently is what, 140 base. base, sorry, two, 240 base, yeah. Um, and you're gonna be putting stuff on them, you're going to be taking up to probably 260, 270 at least. Yeah, so mine were 250. Uh, 250, all right, so there you go. That feels good Still for, points for what they do. That's a lot of points for something that's not core. Especially if you have yeah. two of them that yeah. are just, that's so five hundred. a quarter of your army. Exactly, yeah. So you're sinking a lot of points into them and they're not... Uh, Doing anything. Well, they can do stuff, but it feels like it's worth the 250 points and not you're getting a, you know... 300 point model for 200 kind of thing. Yeah, they, funnily they, they enough. Feel, they feel well pointed as opposed to, you know, maybe broadsides, which could be a little bit more expensive or, or stuff like that. It's what I was talking about at the start where it's like you could nerf mm. Crisis and you just sort of pivot, you know, Riptides become, you know, better value because... Yeah, yeah. Because they're not bad value now. There's just other things in the book that are better value. Better, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, breaches, which, which need, is... breaches need, a, need a points increase, surely. <laughs> oh, not a big one. Not a big one. Just a, just a, a, a point per model. A point, point per model. So I will mm. jump in on that point, and I'll yeah. say there's two issues with the tower book as far as I see it. Or there's there's two separate yeah. categories of issues. There's well, what's competitively... Before we, oh, before okay, we just jump it. into issues... Um, sorry to cut you off. Before it. we jump into issues, we'll have a quick break in here from Dice Arcade. Oh, okay. And then we'll, we'll come back and let you talk about some of, the, some of the things that could be fixed in the book. Coming right up. DiceArcade.com.au all the biggest brands of miniatures and wargaming. Free postage over $250. All right, thanks for that one, Tim. Um, yes, now, Bailey, you were, you were saying about the, uh, the two issues you had with the book. So it's not two issues, it's two categories of issues. And the first category is, like, what is the, like, meta-busting, like, broken stuff? And then what yeah. is just, like, the feels bad at a local game? You know, like, yeah. having a game with your mates. Uh, and yeah. the stuff that's, like... Top of the meta broken is stuff like uh, Allied Farsight getting two commanders and Ethereal still. Yeah. It's clearly something janky that shouldn't be there. Yeah. But the, the fact that it's there means that at a tournament, like, by all means, go nuts with it and definitely sort of pulling some stuff that shouldn't be happening in the book. Yeah. So it, it's that. It's drop zone clear. It's the price of... It's basically everything that's crisis related is sitting there, as yeah. well as Even the bodyguard shenanigans. Yeah. Yep. As well as the bodyguard shenanigans, because we haven't even talked about crisis bodyguards. Um, yeah. But they have, you know, the typical can't target 
command uh, can't target a HQ if they're within three sort of stuff, which means again you're putting a big shooty commander out in the open to shoot whatever they want, and then putting something behind a wall with out of line of sight shooting. Fucking yep. retarded. Um, so like, there's all that sort of stuff, and I think like that's the kind of stuff I'm not t- really too worried about. If it gets nerfed, who cares? Um, yeah. And I think it'd probably be better for the health of the game if that did get nerfed. And then there's the feel bad stuff, uh, which I probably want them to address more quickly. And I feel it just needs to be like small tweaks. Like that's the light touch stuff. Yeah. So breaches, I think, fit into that so well. Because breaches are only strong in Devilfish Rush. And Devilfish Mm -hmm. Rush is only strong because for some reason you get to do it for like with three models. Three of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you like can set up to do it and you decide to do it right at the start of the turn yeah. of your turn you, you know like and there's no there's no investment for not doing it yeah. there's no yeah. lost cost for not doing it devilfish are still good and breaches popping out at the normal time are still useful yeah exactly um yeah and it's just yeah. it's like something like that where it's like oh you know if it's if you chose montcar do it with three for no like what of course i chose montcar um yeah yeah the second one is obviously just Montcar Calion in general, which is yep. like they're so disparate at the moment. Like Montcar is just always good. Um, yeah, yeah. I kind of like I say you that from, you mean from the perspective that no one takes Calion. Is that is that, that that we mean right? Like, well, Montcar people is, only take Montcar. Is 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 that what you mean by that? By Mon- that statement, Montcar is always good because a bunch of other buffs go. If you've selected Montcar, you get this and those okay. buffs are good like exemplar of the Montcar is on yeah, all right. game reroll all wound rolls if you target something within 12 yeah, like right. it doesn't yeah. matter if you're in Montcar it doesn't matter if they're the closest unit like you just have that all game and it's yeah. awesome the three the devilfish rush strat we just talked about as long as you mm-hmm. picked Montcar you just get that and the game the majority of the game the majority of Tau's firepower is going to come to bear turns 1, 2 and 3 Especially because yeah. so much of it is out of line of sight. So there's not like really a risk of you not being able to shoot. Yeah. Um, whereas Kalyon, the flip side yeah. of it, doesn't come into effect until turn three. And it doesn't get good until turn five. So yeah. the flip and side... And so just yeah. the, the Devilfish Rush strat combat debarkation, um, it does work for Kalyon as well. But you have to wait until turn three to be able to do that for three of them. <laughs> Um, otherwise... Those devil fish and the interior of that is dead by turn three in a competitive oh. game. <laughs> so and the, the devil fish rush right. strat happens with armored aggression, which is at the start of the first battle round, but before the first turn again begins. If you selected the bond card tactical philosophy, this unit can make a normal move, and you essentially oh. get to then. Oh, so wow. everyone gets to do it, and then you activate the stratagem to allow everyone to get out. Gotcha. My apologies, I've, I've missed uh, I've missed one of the, the combos on that one. So you essentially get to yep. double move your devilfish and then get out and move and shoot. Right. Because well, you uh, get the pre-game move, right? Exactly. Because that's the devilfish get the... Yeah. Oh, that is, is that what, you talk, is that what yeah. it's called? Sorry, sorry. Right, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, pre-game move nine, then move, then get out, then move, then shoot. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it just feels bad to play against this, uh, yes. like at a local, yeah. like at a tournament... Yeah. Like, and sort of see if you watch Art of War streams or anything like that, or like I'm sure you guys are probably seeing it with other YouTubers and everything, people aren't yes. even running Devilfish Rush anymore because it's just nowhere near as good as just taking more Crisis. Yeah. 
you know, you get more shooting. Also, also at that point, as as Lockie mentioned earlier, for a lot of the stuff like that, you are investing into making that happen. Yeah. Uh, and at a competitive level, per se, you can you can punish that as an opponent. Um, Massively. And it's like you know, because you, I think you're absolutely you're 100 spot on. Is that that's something that is a feel bad at a local pickup game, um, but at a tournament level, the meta is going to pivot and shift so much, and the fact that you've got to invest in it and and um, put yourself in a position to do it from turn one does give does give your opponent play against it. Yeah, exactly. And it's also just like something you can really easily go, well, once those breaches get out, they still have to shoot the closest thing in order to actually get all their buffs. So I'll just make sure I'm yeah. screening. Screening really well. Exactly. Yeah. Or you go, that pregame move that all Devilfish have, they can't go within nine, they can't finish their pregame move within nine inches of another animal. So cool, here's my infiltrating unit. Like, yeah. standing out front, cool, now you can't actually finish your move where you need to be, so yeah. you're already hindered. And when you compare that to just starting your crisis off the board and coming in turn one anywhere you want with homing beacon and shooting the whole board, basically, or when you compare that to broadsides. And oh. I, I don't know how you fix broadsides. I think they're great in the competitive... Like, they feel that they're on the money as far as, like, high-end competitive players concerned. Because they they're not... Infantry. They're not this is dumb. They're not quite as good as Crisis, but they're still solid. But how you fix them without making them completely just non-functional Dead. for regular games, I just don't know. And people have been like, oh, you got to drop core. And I'm like, that just kills them. And then people yeah. are like, you got to drop infantry. And it's like, they only move like, Fucking four inches. But it's or not. Something. So that's <laughs> not the. the uh, that's not the issue. I, the I think... infantry keyword gives them cover, and they can be in ruins. That's the problem. I think that's why people are a bit. And I agree. I, I think. I, that... see, I, I would. I would argue it's either that or, and I'm looking at the, the data sheet now and thinking about how difficult it was to chew through them uh, in our game. And I did, all yeah, I had wounds. was two shield drones <laughs> with them. Yeah, yeah. it's. I, I feel like that. If you're looking at it purely from like a feel bad perspective. I don't mind them having a high save that I've got to get through, right? They're battle suits. They're, they, they're, they're big, you know, mech suits. Sure. They should it's, never get like that. Look, even that, I don't really have a problem with. I think it's it's the... like I I still uh, don't mind the fact that uh, vehicles used to be able to get cover behind if they were more than 50% obscured and stuff. Like, yeah, cover is a physical thing in the way. It's going to, to add up. As, as, a, as a feel-bad thing, I'd go to the eight wounds almost. Because you're like, oh... This model, which is yes, bigger than a crisis suit, but not eight wounds much bigger. No, I mean, look, right? C- c- crisis suits are four wounds. If they were six wounds, I'm like, all right, that feels about right for their size and for, and for, for where they are. So a con um, effects like is nine, side. right? A con effects is nine. Yeah, you telling yeah. me that the broadside is the same as a con effects? No, like no way. Well, no, because it's eight. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, but yeah. So and I think as like a feel bad thing, I feel like that might be where it comes in. It's the infantry as well. It's the fact that they can move in and out of cover. They can get all, all the buffs from cover. Mm. It's huge, man. One up save. No, no, it's 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 big, sure. But again, one if up talking save about with it, eight wounds. As as Bailey was saying, at a competitive point, well, you can still deal with that. As That's, a as a pickup game, where you're going, oh, we're just trying to have a bit of fun with it. Um, you're like, even, all right, well, that makes sense. And if, if it's something that. And look, I mean, feel free to disagree with me, both of you, on this one. But in my opinion, the, the feel-bad stuff from a pickup game comes from when stuff doesn't make sense, not from when it's good, per se. Yes, yeah. agreed. Of course. Um, and I would argue that 
it makes more sense for them to get cover than not because cover is a physical thing in the way of whatever you're shooting at them. Well, and that's like the, I, the concept of it. Like I said to you on the weekend, why does a broadside get infantry and a dreadnought doesn't? That's well, not, all I'm saying. They're not just a dreadnought. Walkers. Compare them to a Paragon Warsuits oh, yeah. from or Sisters Victors. of Battle. Yeah, and yeah that's like, probably a better comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, so with multi-melters, a Paragon Warsuit is like... Uh, 80 points now, I think. So 240 for the whole squad. Um, yeah. And they have four wounds, a two-up save, no invuln. Um, they're five wins, vehicles. They're five wins? No, they're four wounds. Oh, They've got yeah. minus one damage. Um, but yeah, they're vehicles. They're yeah, smaller than a broadside. They're vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I They're literally agree, the same thing. You, Someone piloting a, a suit. Yeah. And but, you know, do you know what the funny that, thing that's, is, I'm right? entirely with you that, that they should have like the same suite of rules as far as their, their category goes. Um, but I actually think that getting cover makes more sense than not Yeah. in, in this case. I would much rather the yeah. buff Paragon Warsuits than nerf broadside. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I agree. And again, yes, maybe they should all have cover, but the problem in, in the reality is that no vehicles get cover, i.e. you have a proto-similar pseudo-vehicle that is getting cover. That's the problem, yeah. right? So let's not yeah. try and confuse the, the the game mechanics with what we would like to see and what's actually in front of us. Right. Yeah. But so I mean, the, other- the question is, how do we fix it to make it not feel bad as opposed to how do we fix it from a competitive standpoint? So the one... I argue the feel bad isn't the cover. So the, the thing that makes broadsides, I think, feel bad when you're going up against them is similar to what uh, playing against Custodes bikes, uh, why that is a feel bad at the moment. It's because you can't stop them from shooting at you. Like, unless you are literally on the other side of the board standing behind a wall, and even then they've yeah. got SMS to come and get you. The second you step yeah. out, like that broadside can be standing, yeah, behind obscuring themselves, and then they'll just move straight up into that cover, as you mentioned. Un- yeah. Like, turn off obscuring, be able to see everything, shoot the whole board. And it doesn't affect their shooting at all. Because in Montcar... The first three turns, you can move can and advance and count as remaining stationary. So yeah. that five-inch move is actually closer to 11. Well, that kind of answers your question, I think, there <laughs> in that point, is that Montcar seems to... Like, in the in the things we've just mentioned, right? Breaches, Montcar is broadside, broken. Montcar <laughs> is the issue, right? Like, that's, yeah. the common, that's the common denominator in all the things that, are, that, are, that seems to be causing problems. Oh, we haven't um, even touched on how people if, are arguing that if, Montcar allows you to do actions after advancing. Which because is, the remain stationary thing mm-hmm. means that you but, four never have moved. Therefore, doesn't that's been FAQ'd in the core rulebook, hasn't that? I have no I idea. Feel, I feel like I feel like I read a minute ago. Montcar is you can't have remain stationary in the shooting phase, because otherwise you would also be able to to charge and stuff. I think it's until the end of the shooting phase or something like that. Montcar. So you can start the action, each, and then as long as you take no other thing. Huh. Bum, bum, each bum. time. Each time this unit makes a normal move or advances in your movement phase until the end of your shooting phase, it counts as having remained stationary. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's... So it's each time you make... So the way I'm reading that... It'll depend on the action. You count, you count as having remained stationary from when you move to the end of the shooting phase. Yep. Yeah, so, so therefore the you can move in that action. at the end of the movement phase, like uh, Pathfinder's doing Markalites... They can advance and then do the action. Or if you're going banners or knackman or anything like that. So markalites happen at the start of the movement action. phase. But yeah, pa- banners, pa- do it at the end. any of the secondaries that are action-based, like er- <laughs> yeah, everything can. like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and then pa- again, pa- because of uh, Tau bullshit, um, Ethereals can give any, I think it's core, uh, units 
at the, in that command phase the ability to, to to do actions and shoot. So and I feel you like can another way to do that as well. You can move eighteen inches with the cold star buff with your crisis team. Uh, you know, do an action and shoot. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can be turn one R and Ding in your opponent's quarter, still shooting, uh, and then presumably you can then jump shoot jump with them as well, or whatever it's called. Yeah, because that. that's just a strat. I think uh, that yeah, is so make a normal move, but I'm not 100 percent sure what how that interacts with Stuart. It's six inches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, move six inches. But Yeah, it's move six inches after you've shot. It doesn't matter about anything. Just after you've shot, yeah. you get to move six inches. Yeah, but so I think can, that would still can... count as moving, but I'm not right. I'm not 100% sure how well, that no, would interact still, with actions. It's still it's still in the shooting phase, and you're counting yeah. as remaining stationary. And the action is shooting phase. Yeah. True. Yep. Okay. So I feel like, like if you're allowing that jank to begin with, which I think is the way it is written, although probably not intended. Definitely not intended. Um, <laughs> I think you can indeed yeah. jump, shoot, jump while doing an action. So I could be during, wrong because I don't have the old tailbook in front of me at the moment, but I'm pretty sure the way that Moncar used to be um, written originally was just it allowed you to uh, advance and fire assault, like move and shoot heavy weapons without penalty and advance and shoot assault weapons yeah. without penalty. Which is the, the sort of standard way that rule has worked throughout the... I think yeah. they started going into that in 8th and that, became, that has become the standard in ninth for how that type of rule works. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but also, you would call that you would call Montcar, and it would happen for one turn, and only and units stop. within a certain range. Yeah. So the, yeah. the current Montcar is is just massive glow up. But I feel like it's because of that. Just generic remain stationary just allows you know your heavy rail rifle broadsides to advance and shoot with their heavy yeah. inch gun. You know, it allows it's and it's just everything gets it. So yeah. it allows you know long strike to do the same thing. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played against uh, Admech Laz Chickens when that book first dropped. Oh, yeah, that was yes. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and that I feel like that's probably the this, this closest comparison um, to broadsides with rail rifles at the moment is definitely the yeah. double Laz Cannon Chickens. Because yeah. um, you, you've got three turns of this. You've yeah. got three turns of advancing and firing your massive fuck-off rail guns mm -hmm. as if you haven't uh, like at full ballistic skill. You've got, um, you've got pathfinders running around dropping down marker lights all over the place. You need so you're hitting on threes. You're giving yourself all the buffs you need from wherever they are, and there you go. Like yeah, yeah. It's annoying because I really wanted. Um, I mean, look. It's obviously a lot of this stuff is not by intention by Games <laughs> Workshop and standard Games Workshop. Who I'm still going to say it. I think I say it every single podcast. Employ an editor. <laughs> because Please. whoever is your editor, you need to fire because whatever. Um, oh, very quickly, oh, uh, or it's by design. Remind, and they remind don't care. me, remind me <laughs> to come back to the to the book editing point as well. I've got a, I've got a two points about the actual book itself. Yeah, right, sure. Continue. Um, so you know, obviously, if you play by in by rules intention, and I, I don't mean by play by intent at a tournament because obviously we all do that, but I mean in terms of what is this rule actually mean like come on let's just be normal What's people look at these do? things logically yeah. obviously they're not meant to be saying the whole army can just action for free um and anyone who wants to sit there and argue it you go i don't really want to be playing with you, you come on like <laughs> it's a bit over the line um but yeah it's a hard one to call it's a hard, it's a really hard especially as a to like that's tough you know yeah. what do you do i mean i mean well in my opinion, it's pretty easy because I'm just like, no, that's stupid. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but as as a TO, I'm like, that's the way they're written, so that's the way it works. Yeah. But at, at a that's 
at a at a tournament specifically. Oh, that's a hard one. I don't think we'd be ruling that at any of our events, mate. <laughs> I feel like that's fucking retarded. I'd be like, even if that was the rule written, no, because that's broken and that's just dumb. <laughs> but I mean, hey. it's a conversation for another time. But I think you, you you've you got to worry about precedent there too. But but yeah, well, bec- uh, only because it's vague, right? That's what I mean. So only because of how generic and vague it is. Yeah. I think you you as a TO or you the, as a person, the more I read it, the less vague it is. Like it's clearly not intended, but it's not vague. Vague is not how how I describe that. Mm. Like it's very clearly not the spirit of what the rule is supposed to do. Or it doesn't mention actions, so I would therefore. But you don't care. It just says you remain stationary. It doesn't. It doesn't say for the purposes of shooting. Which has also had precedent in books where they've said for the purpose of shooting, you can't remain stationary. Yeah, and they do do that specifically in other books. Yeah, and then again, that just comes back to the fact that all the books are written by different teams and different people. Yeah, which is another um, yeah. again as why they don't have an editor because if they did, they would have been like, no, no, we need to keep consistency and all that stuff. Yeah. So, right. so your editor point quickly. Um, I'll, I'll come back to that once we've finished discussing rules because it's okay, not about rules; yeah. it's about the book itself. Well, I feel like uh, yeah. I feel like we've touched on like a bunch of units, but we haven't touched on like half the book, and that's what yeah. I mean when I said like you could nerf the shit that's overpowered, and even if you crushed it to the ground, like you'd still be able to make a, a solid army in this, like out of this. Uh, like, you you know, let's let's end on a bit of an up. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, right. please continue. On. No, to end on a bit of an up. I fucking love this book. It's amazing. It's so good. It's a little bit overtuned, whether you tune it down in terms of points or whether you tune it down in terms of some of the synergies and like which units can receive them. But the amount of like movement you get, the amount of like um, shooting that you can actually put out if your opponent you know puts their stuff out in the open for you to shoot it. Like yeah. it's it's really, really fun to play. I just wish they'd make it a little bit more fun to play against. That's all I want. And, and, yeah, to carry on that point, it, as Lockie and I have both said, it, it, it feels like Tau now play the way they f- should feel. Yeah. They, 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 they play the way they used to back in, like, second and fourth. Uh, and the way they, they operate in the fluff can now be better represented on the tabletop. Um, and you're rewarded for doing so. Um, unfortunately, that is at the detriment of the, your opponent's enjoyment of the game, often. Um, and But it's also not... It doesn't need a whole lot of tweaks to bring it back in line. Um, a couple of key changes or a couple of just adjustments to some of the, the rules that are out there. Um, well, also don't forget, don't forget yep. there's still potentially a third of the book still to come out. You know, all these things yep. about charge, all the, bit, stuff. All, the, all the things about charge, Tyranids have a, will have a lot of charge mitigation. Uh, sorry, um, ig- uh, ignoring. All those charge bits and pieces that you have to try and stop it, and not only Tau, but Custodes and a few other armies, that's out the window. Um, you know, fast-moving combat armies with demons as well probably will, will will be the counter, right? In terms of, not a direct counter to stop them, but in terms of just to... It'll adjust the meta enough exactly. that no longer sitting on top. Well, and then, and if you know, we can talk about future books, I'm sure you guys have probably seen the Tyranid leaks. Um, I've read yeah. the entire thing like back to front about seven sure. times. So we've already seen uh, probably the most, the, the one that I think is uh, getting everyone fired up at the moment is the change to Hive Guard shooting, which is obviously their big out of line of sight shooting at the moment. Uh, the According to the leaks, at least, now they can only shoot out of line of sight if they have a Synapse unit who can see their target. 
It's That's that awesome. also, but it's dropped from strength eight neg two. Oh yeah, they they three, squatted so. it hardcore. But I mean, like that that particular change to how line of out of line of sight shooting works, I think, is what all out of line of sight shooting needs. That is in, yeah, and like fluff wise, that's incredible. Um, I love yeah, it. Um, that is. I I think that's a, that's that's a good point. I mean, bodyguard should have. It's unfortunate the tyrant guard changed to be the now current bodyguard rule, which yeah. personally I felt the old one was better. Where if yeah. you bodyguard it and agree. damage was, you can still target that HQ choice. But if that damage goes, you can carry it over. Yeah, no, to, the bodyguard the, rules are fucked at the moment. They suck. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. Um, but there is a lot of jank in books, I think, that are coming out now. You know, there's a lot of durability and stuff that's yeah. coming in as well. Like, I look at a lot of the entire Tyranid book and you're going, there's TA and 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 p- plus 14 wound models with two-up saves everywhere. Like, the book is littered with it. And you go, that okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, the durability, I think, of armies is going to have to go up. And it's, so it should. I mean, we saw it with Custodes too, right? Um, because everything was just getting so killy. Um, yeah. But then also in this, it's it's jank and movement and weirdness where you can, if you can, as I'm sure, um, you know, as, we, as we've been hearing from, from you, you, Bailey, that the more you can be everywhere the more efficient you can be with stuff, right? Mm. You can you can you can put your opponent on the back foot, you can you can position yourself better, you can control the flow of the game. Um and I think you're gonna see a lot of the books that are still to come. I think CSM is gonna have parts of that. I think it needs, mm. definitely does have that. Um demons are gonna have that probably even worse um than anyone else. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff well, to I'm, go I'm excited specifically for CSM for that because their their range is so big to begin with. Well, like yeah, very similar because it's it's almost like Space Marines just with spikes on, but they've got that massive range of units and options. And if you get that, give it the the you know the new Ninth Edition book treatment where it's all getting, it's all becoming usable, and even aggressively usable. Um, it'll give you so many options and flexibility for it that you can do exactly what you're saying, uh, where you've got yeah. the answer for everything. I mean, people are going to complain about Tau right up until they play against new Elder, and especially like a new competent Elder player. Like, yeah, that's cra- that shit is crazy in that book. But I mean, more to your yeah. point about like, I'm fine with things getting more killy, and I'm fine with things getting more durable. I think where you start to see issues is where you see like things becoming less interactive. So yes. Tau yeah. out of line of sight shooting is through the roof in that book, and that's yeah. not interactive for your opponent. Mm. Uh, they've got move, shoot, move. It's not interactive for your opponent. New Eldar yeah. have fucking uh, move, shoot, move on every unit with whatever that yeah. thing is called. It's not interactive yeah, every, for your opponent. Everything except your vehicles, which can all still get it occasionally. Yeah. You know, Custodies just being able to go, no, cool, you don't get to re-roll. And I've got four ups and four ups and four ups and four ups. And it's like, yeah. cool, that's not really interactive for me. Bodyguard, here's my guy. You can't shoot him ever. Yeah. It's not interactive. Yeah. And it's like, I worry that they're going to keep going down that route. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I really liked the change they made to Hiveguard, even though they squatted them into oblivion for the points cost. The fact that that now does require interacting, like yes. you have to actually yeah. move your stuff around the board and try to actually, yeah, get a line and your opponent can react to that. Like, I think that's I think just a much better way yeah. to have, for the game to be. It is fantastic way to put it, yeah. Yeah, it is for sure. And I think on top of that as well, unfortunately, where people... I've been watching it too. Everyone's like, oh, I've got it so dead. And you go... Just like when people responded to AdMech, you go, that's not dead. 
Just you need to work for it now. And re- yeah. in reality with NIDS... And that's a good place for, for something to be. A lot of their stuff with their synaptic links and stuff, like you can... You, you're pushed into doing that anyway. So I think you're actually going to find players are going to find just as easy to do it than, than not. Um, because of things like, you know, you can cast powers through synaptic link stuff now rather than actually being in range. So you can, mm. you can literally have a 64-inch power go off. So there's going to be obviously a change in all the armies that come out with the way their their ninth edition kind of edition uh, you know treatment goes which will hopefully just be iteration and iteration and iteration on these kinds of things um to improve the state of the game and then they might find that well out of line suiting's not good enough because everyone can just get at your front door in two seconds or whatever you know looking at tyrannocytes that you know you know anyway there's just there's just gonna be ways yeah. Um, and I think that's what's what kind of gives me hope for all this stuff moving forward is that they're not doing yeah. these um, blanket just I'm releasing something that's going to be stupid for 12 months, you know, um, that the release cycle is quick enough that it's forcing, you know, you, you have your time in the sun with maybe your one broken thing and whether it's by Games Workshop or by the community, people will find a workaround and it'll sort of calm it back down for a period. I think that's great. It's a great place mm. for, for everything to be in at the moment currently, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's a very positive yeah, outlook. So, well, yeah. it got to be, you know. Like otherwise, it's just depressing and being too negative all the time. Yeah, I agree. It, it, look, it, it, it's a hobby. It's a game. We do it to have fun and relax, and and it means we got to yeah, be positive. Like like my boys, the vested. <laughs> so the, 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 one, the one last thing I wanted to to mention is as far as rules go, vested. Yes, super good. Well, the gun profile is pretty good, right? Yeah, and it's like yeah, eighteen no, no, no. inch strength, they're, they're, they're five, they're, they're neg, three, two damage. That's they're, they're awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm gonna bring two of them when I when I uh, bring the bring the list in a, in a, a couple of weeks time. Oof. Because you've got, as you're saying, like yeah, sure, they're they're a um, a T four one wound four up chassis with a fourteen inch movement and inbuilt deep strike. Um, and their gun is 18 inches, assault 2, strength 5, minus 3, 2 damage. Yeah, it's good. It's really yeah. good. Um, hitting cool. on 4s, sure, but there's ways to mitigate that. Um, and they're 12 points a model. And also, everyone, we will be bringing a crude army to Risky Rollers at some point. I mean, you're, you're making big promises there. I'm painting I said 20, some in point. A shape of car- 20 in a shaper currently. I said like, some point. I'm going to be Maybe. back to chaos after that. But, <laughs> I didn't yeah. mean anytime soon. I just said at some point, we're going to put 150 crude on the table and just be like, 150, here you go. We should go crude to Hormuz and have a game. That'd Jesus. be hilarious. Like 200 v 200. Have, try and have, see, as, see if we can get 400 models on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Vespa don't benefit from Moncar, which yep. is the one bad thing, but. With, with, with AP3 inbuilt, they don't need to. Yeah. inch move. It's the like, reroll ones what, what, to wound. And I guess the advance and no penalty shoot, right? That'd be pretty handy. They, I mean, they move fourteen inches in deep strike innately already. Yeah, they're super good. And and you can there is a way you can put them in Montcar with um I think it's Dalith Sept. Yeah, one of the Septs allows you to have um, auxiliaries. Yeah, auxiliaries. Yeah. yeah. But crew um, carnivores, like also yeah. just they slap. They've got a pregame move, oh, yeah. they normal move seven. You know, they've got a bolt rifle. Like, oh, sorry, they've got a bolt gun uh, for their shooting yeah. profile. They've got bloody choppers for their melee profile. <laughs> it's... Yeah. And you can make them heroically intervene. 
which is hilarious. Yeah, and yeah, so they're cheaper um, than boys and like yeah. orc boys, and they're better yeah. than boys six, in pretty much six all Six points each. Six points each. Nice. Uh, and then crude hounds also six points each with uh, like three minus one one damage attacks uh, with up to twelve of them in a unit, uh, and they they all get pre-game moves as well. It's crazy good. Yeah. I like it. I, I've always said that I yep. wanted Kroot to become good again. Make yep. Kroot good again, and they made Kroot good again. So, yeah. good on really all, all we need now is more auxiliaries. That's all I want for town now. Guard. It's <laughs> cool if you could take guard in. Because, you know, there are humans in oh, yeah, the Oh, yeah, the Q of Acer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, that's, so that, that's pretty much sums up thoughts on, on the rules and things, yeah? Yeah. Anything else you're... anyone wants to say on, on, on that side of things? No, I think that's. You know, there's definitely more to the book that we haven't talked about, but I think that's oh, sure. a, a really good sort of like coverage on some of the really cool things, some of the really annoying things. Yep. There's nothing like bad in this book that I've seen. Like you could take yep. pretty much any unit and you're going to have a good time with it. Yep. Whether your opponent has a good time, you know, that's, you know, yeah. uh, what I'll just <laughs> say is <laughs> if, you know, pick your list based on where you're playing. If you're going to a tournament, yeah, go nuts, have fun. It's probably not going to last, so get in while you can. Um, yeah. If you're going to your friendly local game store, maybe tone it down a little bit. Yeah, maybe try out that Kaion list you've been thinking about. Exactly. Which we didn't talk about, but I just wanted to point out I do like Kaion, and yes, Montcar is so much better. But at the same time, I will, might give Kaion a try out at some point because it does sort of suit how I want to play him. But anyway. Take your 200 crew to your to your friendly local game store, everybody. <laughs> do yeah. it. Infuse your inner lucky and do it. It's awesome. <laughs> and then take a photo and send it to me because I'll be like, bro, props. That's yeah, post that shit yeah. on the Risky Rollers Discord. That's it, 100%, because yeah. I want to <laughs> see that. That'll be so... And then t- actually tell me beforehand so I can come and meet you yeah. and be like, you're a fucking legend. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... The, the one very, very quick... Oh, sorry. Two very quick things about the book I wanted to mention. First one, very important. Um, the books didn't have bookmarks. Oh, yeah. And then for Custodies and Genes of the Cults, they did. And now they don't again. Hmm. Yeah. So just randomly, two of the codices, bookmarks. And then never again. Well, COVID, like, do you mean right? like tabs or something? Or? Yeah, no, like like actual. Uh, no, the actual fabric, actually like in, the, the in built fabric bookmark. Oh in, yeah, right. Yeah, Gene Steeler Colts and Custodies books have them. None of the others do, hmm. which is really um, handy. They're really like, good, actually. Like, you go from book without it, then you go to a yeah. book to it, and then you go back yeah. and like I've gone to grab the bottom part of the book and just grab yeah. my arm and been like, what the. Oh, well, we, we've both so have son one. Of a we bitch. both noticed it <laughs> like, on, what the fuck on, uh, <laughs> when we're filming. We're, we're like. Oh, I, I can't! I can't mark this page anymore. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. that just seems to be a GW thing lately. Like, you know, when they first put out chapter approved, the first one for ninth, and it was like ring bound and everything else, and I was like, oh, this is lovely and great. Has the so rules, it's got the missions, yeah. and now each one has just gotten slightly less. And now the Nackmund one is like so it's tiny. Like missions only, no rules, no ring binding, no nothing. And it's I mean, just look, like that's still seventy it, bucks. It thanks. <laughs> Give it another couple of books and it'll, it'll be like three pamphlets and like a, a um, just a written out link you got to type in to get to an online FAQ. Yeah, it's a $70 so, PDF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even um, in the app. Yeah. It's like PDF only. Download like, yeah, print yeah, it yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you compare that to the AOS General's Handbook or whatever and oh my God, that thing is so nice. It's like tabbed out. Like it's 
Uh, and it's like hard covered and it's so nice. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and the, the, the editing point I wanted to make was uh, if you've watched either of our codex reviews for uh, Gene Seal Cult or Custodes, you'll notice that we picked up on just the oh, way yeah, the pictures bad are laid editing. out on data <laughs> the, sheets. The bad photoshopping. It's, it is incredible to look at. Uh, not only are several, again. it's worse here. Like even wow. I think I think it's even worse than the Eldar book, which was pretty bad. Which we'll come on to if you if you uh, check out that codex review. But not only are a bunch of the models in different set schemes throughout the data sheet section, mm-hmm. like there's some in in Viola, there's some in Tau, there's one randomly the Sky Ray in Sasea. That looks awesome. I reason. think that's by design though. I mean, I didn't. I'm not saying it's well, a good. No, no, design. it's not consistent. It's, like it's not yeah. like it's. It's not like there's a consistent thing. Characters, I get it, because they're named and they go in certain ones. But then it's like most of it's Viola, because that's like the current kind of quote-unquote poster boys for Tau. And then they clearly, no one's painted a Firesight Marksman in Viola set. So they've had to use the Tau one they've got. Um, Apparently no one's painted Vespid since like 4th edition, because they're in Tau. (laughs) Yeah, bad. (laughs) Um, The Hammerhead gunship apparently is still in Tau. Um, the Skyray gunship. Yeah, Sasea. It's the only one not in Tau or Viola. <laughs> Just randomly. I guess no one painted one in the updated color schemes. Both the flyers. And then the the Tidewall, all three Tidewall bits, the gun rig, shield line, and drone port, they're all in technically Viola, but they're either painted by someone different and or the pictures of them are taken in different lighting. And it's really, really obvious. I mean, the one that gets me up is the Sunshark Bomber, if you take a look at that. So, like, if you look at the, like, so that's, it's one of the Tower Flyers, right? And so yeah. it's right, for people who can't see this, it's right next to the page for the Razor Shark Strike Fighter, which is the other Tower Flyer, yeah. which just has Both a picture. The same kit, yep, same chassis. Which just has a picture of the plane, right? Like, you can clearly see it's yeah. got wings and a body. The Sunshark Bomber is like a picture from underneath looking at like the yeah. exhaust port, which I guess is probably <laughs> where the bomber part of the weapons I mean, profile it's, is. It's but... looking at the bomb itself, like the bomb <laughs> generator, but it's... It is literally looking it's... at the butt of the plane and going like, it's a plane, <laughs> yeah. by the way. It's like, you have no yeah. idea what that is. That could be anything. Yeah. But also... <laughs> I never so noticed that. That sounds hilarious. I really more hilarious that. because... So the, the other... The main thing we noticed about about these um and if you flip through a few of them bailey and have a look the the photoshopped images of the the models themselves are inconsistently poking in and out of the frame yeah, yeah. so it's like foreground background midground you're like yeah pick pick one yeah but, just but pick like one and stick to it too. so for example the ghost keel everything about that model is behind the frame right the frame is the entire edge of it um and then directly across from it you've got the firesight marksman with like two antennas sticking out of the frame. And then you've got the Skyray gunship has the entire front of it sticking out of the frame. It's like everything but one... um, Everything but one of the main, like... Engines. Back engine bits (laughs) sticking out of the frame. Including things that are, in real life, directly vertically above bits cut off. Yeah, and then you compare that to the Devilfish, where everything is out. Yeah, the entire thing's been plonked directly (laughs) on top of the frame. Then you've got the, the Razor Shark Strike Fighter has... Like the front wingspan and the front gun sitting outside the frame and the back of it going back into it. 
Like it's coming out of a hole that's too small for it. And then you've got the Sunshark Bomber with its weird ass shot of the plane entirely within the frame. Um, so I, st- I, I, stand, I stand by this before I'm, you continually... It's just funny. Like, just, it's hilarious, but I still stand by this. They don't have an editor. Or, to be honest, Ooh. no one's actually pulled Games Workshop on the fact of this little detail and they've just got away with it for this long. Don't tell anybody. The Crisis Battlesuits page has the Crisis Battlesuit with his, his gun sticking out into the data sheet. Now, it's a fusion gun, and it's not only out of the frame, but over the top of the data sheet, right? Not covering any words, but over the top of, like, the data sheet bit, with the bottom corner of it randomly, like, cut off diagonally. But then not only that, but across the page are crew carnivores and crutox riders with all their weapons hidden behind the data sheet. Yeah. And So, 100%, and like, an intern, like... Ten years ago, right? And then you've got what? when they decided to do it this way instead of the little hand drawings they used to do, right? Yeah. When they used to do the little um, concept art yeah. images or whatever. Some interns just been like, "Hey, this would be a good cheaper idea, guys. We just take a whole bunch of photos, and then you don't ever have to do this shit again." And they're like, <laughs> and they're "That's like, fucking awesome. Yeah. We're going to keep doing that." And then they're like, "No and one's you're gonna do noticed." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so they just yeah. it's just an intern job. There you go. It's an intern yeah. job. Oh and then. And then the information is just going to be, we don't care what you do, just get it out. And then, then, then he or she is going to be like, yes, yeah, sick, whatever. I'm going to be perfectly then, honest. I actually love this now that you've pointed it out to me. Like, I haven't yeah. even thought about it, but now that I've yeah, got, I know, right? Now I'm like, this is actually fantastic. This is my favorite thing in the there's, book. You're going to look at every book now and anything. you're going to be like, no, they're oh, still yeah. doing it. Wait, I can go <laughs> yeah. and check other codexes and we can... Oh, I have. It's, it's we've hilarious. done it. We've gone over GSC. We've gone over Custodes. Yeah. It is it was, it was the f- I opened the... I had Charlie here at my, at my house playing a game the other day. And I opened the Eldar book for the first time. Like, I, I bought the new book. It was the first thing I looked at. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, now I it's in your it, head. Like, it smells fantastic. How do the pictures look in the data sheet? <laughs> See, um, for, it's, for me, the big uh, thing that yeah. I wish they'd change about their codexes is just put the Crusade rules somewhere yeah. else. Like in back. front of or behind oh, the special rules. It's like not in the middle of them. No. Oh, on top of on God. top of that, actually, if we're talking about this, and this is this is actually a point I actually do want to point out. Yeah. Please put your points back on the data sheet. Yeah. Um why would they take it I'm away? Sorry, but your points at the back get fucked. I never look at that book. I'm I will wait until it gets put into Battlescribe before I will go through and do it manually. But if I'm if it was on the data sheet and it was easy for me to use, I probably would. I mean, probably not, but I might, you know, like I might think about doing it. So it's just good to know sometimes if you want to be like, oh, actually, you know, if I'm writing a list in my head, just kind of close, like not doing it exactly like, oh, you know, oh, I might have a spare like 200 points here, you know, like like they used to be. Whip the yeah. book open. There's the data sheet. Yeah. I should have every piece of information I need about this model if I want to use it in my army. That's it like just design one hundred and one, right? At the start of eight, they're like, "Oh yeah, now all the points." So just at the back, uh, and you're like, "Yeah." And then also not all the, and I know sometimes this is a little bit harder based on weapon options available to every unit, but the fact that like they won't show the weapon option stats that's available for every model. Worst right? thing, they, the they don't sheet. show all the points at the back. All those pay points upgrades, they're not with all the other points. No, I know there's that too. It's, but it's, I mean, like, if, like, say, yeah. say, say, I want to see the stat of, um, 
like a, a, a generic weapon on, say, something. Sometimes it's not in the actual data sheet. I have to go to the weapons part of the book to then look up the stat of that weapon. And you're like, no. No, 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 It it used to be like that for any weapon that wasn't the default loadout. But then it was, you just had that bit of the book open because that was where all the weapons were. Yeah. Not where half of them were. It's so, it's so, you've got bits here, you've got bits there. I mean, it's all that. Like, I mean, even um, we've spoken a little bit internally, like not, not publicly about the Eldari one where it's like, Lawrence and I were talking about it last week, sorry, where you've got the stratagems. It's not grouped. So it's not like you have all the Harlequin strats, then all the Eldari strats, then all the things. They're just everywhere in it. And you're like, why? Well, no, the, the, last, the last two pages are just Harlequin strats. Oh. Yeah. Also, I mean, there... The strat, the strat groupings is another horrendous thing as well. Their continued push for this, like, you know, battle for... Oh, sorry, what are they calling them? They're calling them, like... They're not even oh, like yeah. The, the battle tactic stratagem, epic and, deed stratagem. Ah, yeah. oh, strategic yeah. ploys like Put no them in phases. <laughs> Group them in phases, please. Yeah, please just give me movement stratagems, shooting yeah. stratagems. Like, or <laughs> and if and if you're gonna if you're gonna categorize them, categorize them by a metric, i.e., a cost. So all strategic ploys are fucking one CP, or all thingos, thing, or, or something like that. That makes some kind of logical sense. Yeah. Of, because otherwise it's like, how? And this is the other issue where you have like, why does my, you know, why does my reroll wound strat cost one and your reroll wound strat cost three? You're like, I don't know. It just fucking does. <laughs> you yeah. know, like there needs to be strategies in general are probably the biggest design failure of 40k, hundred percent. It is one from, of them. From a, from a design standpoint, yeah. It's one of the biggest issues. It is the biggest issue of the game, barring the entire, you know, I do everything, you do everything issue, which is never, probably never going to change. But um, but even that's not inherently as big of an issue as stratagems are. Yeah, stratagems are a problem. But if you were to just tweak it by going, okay, let's standardize it in a way where it's like, all right, they all cost one, two, or three, and these are the categories. And they just set their, obviously, they, they need to design it actually put some effort into designing it in terms of what you know all our killy ones are two or, or whatever you know whatever it is they want to do something needs to be done from that perspective probably moving into 10th and i hope they do i hope maybe someone at games workshop happens to listen to this and go oh yeah we've been thinking about that or whatever um they need to put in a little bit more th- thought into stratagems as a general and they have tweaked it since eighth to ninth right there have been some some significant tweaks previously um but now we're at the point where the things that are making books broken nine times out of ten is what the stratagems are doing yeah. um if you took up if you took a bunch of stratagems away from custodians they wouldn't be as problematic as they are right um even Tau, really, as well. With it, you could take up a few of them and probably wouldn't be as bad touch. I know we were saying seeing Moncar is a little bit worse, but that's something that needs to be addressed, I think, uh, moving mm. forward. I mean, look, you're not going to get an answer anytime soon, but hopefully. You should try playing AOS. They've used to have like a huge thing with like command points and command abilities as well, and they've really... The way AOS do command abilities, yeah. They've For third edition, they've really like streamlined the system. And some it's, a, it's a, some areas it's like they've gone too far, but for the most part, I think it's great. Like you only get three command points a turn. Um, you regen them every battle round. Yeah, it's a pool, right? I like that. Yep. Mm. Everything yeah. costs one CP to do, and there's a whole bunch of universal stratagems that everyone has access to. Yeah. Mm. So you can't. You don't have to like memorize. You know, 
like every army's unique abilities like there's a few unique abilities obviously still but for the most part like everything that a unit can do is either on their battle sheet or in the core rules mm. on their it's war better. scroll they're called in AOS <laughs> yeah they don't yeah. just as an aside the the drone section of the book is hilarious for this editing thing <laughs> It's also so ambiguous. I remember I ask you questions, right? I'm just like, so how do drones work? And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know either, man. To be fair, that's because you you, you had the book and you're the one there reading it. I'm like, you've got my book. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, so so how do do they operate in terms of, I don't know. This is one of those times where I kind of wanted them to spell it out very, you know, second grader style for me because I was like I have no idea how these work they're <laughs> part of like... you have to take them as part of a unit you usually get two per other non-drone model that you're taking them with uh, they remain as part of the unit unless you use a stratagem in which case they become their own thing and then yeah, they yeah. can't really do anything once they become their own thing um, you still have to roll your wounds against the toughness like the highest toughness in the unit so if you're shooting crisis unit you roll against the T5 for your wound roll um, and then once you have uh, done your wounds, the tower player allocates wounds and they can choose to allocate two drone models or two other models in the unit. Um, and it just follows same the same rule. Yep. So yep. that needs to be written. That is written. Where? Actually, now that you said, I'm really well, nervous it's not going to be written. Because I shit. read that drone section and it is not there. Well, but 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 to be fair, it's just because you've got mixed profiles in a unit. The mixed profiles in unit rules are uncommon, but they are, whole, they are a main bit of the core book. There is a whole section that they have dedicated of their book to specifically drones, right? Put in a paragraph that just states how this function it functionally yeah, it's, works. Yeah, it's nowhere near as clear as what I just said. <laughs> Yeah, not at all. And the way you're saying, it, I'm like, yes, cool, oh, cool. I didn't. Yep, yeah, mad. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Put that in there. It's 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 a it's a key component of an army's functionality. I don't care if you've written it in your core book. Do it again. Like, I I went in there as a literally brand new tower player, going, I want to know how drones work, and I was like, I have no idea how drones work. And I asked people how do drones work. They're like, it's in the book. I'm like, no, it's not. And that's a problem. That's a that's a that's a very very big problem. Um, anyway, I was just butthurt because it made me look like an idiot. <laughs> really? I mean, look, to be fair, it was all off camera until you decided to bring it up here. No, I know. No, no. But like, <laughs> in all seriousness, it was just one thing that I had a little bit of a gripe on because, you know, usually they're either super ambiguous um, or overly like dumbing it down, but it's still there. Where this one, I was like, well, this is actually just not even here. Like how these drones function, because there's so many of them too. You're kind of like... This drone has this. Okay, but how does that actually work in relation to other things? Anyway, it was just it, it was just small. I don't want to hype on it too much because we've now been going for a very long time. Yeah, I think that's a, <laughs> getting a little into the weeds when we're criticizing, you know, the, how images are displayed and how the drone <laughs> yeah. rules are written. But yeah, I mean, how rules are written is always going to be an issue in, in 40K. It's so complicated. And as we've seen, if they don't try to be as like specific as possible people just go oh well you didn't say i couldn't do that like you didn't yeah yeah, yeah. well there's a cultural problem though too right and there's like there's a two it's a, it's a two-prong thing where you got because yeah. well, to be it, honest it, it, there's other games that are more complicated game, it's just a symptom of trying to move the game into a more competitive sense because at a competitive level you do game all the little things you can get out of it 
where yes. in a friendly sort of garage hammer level, you do go, we know what this rule's supposed to do, so we'll play it like that. Yeah. I just know that I've played game. There's there's games out there that are more complicated and are easier to understand than, than Games Workshop, and that's purely because they... Yeah. I the more ninth edition is going on, and the more I'm involved with it at a current level, I'm realizing that they deliberately write their rules the way they're doing. Everything by them is by design, um, and that is it, there is nothing is by accident. Literally, that's my personal opinion on this: is that nothing they do is by accident. They deliberately write shit wrong. They deliberately do things the way they're doing um, because it's just whatever for whatever reason. But, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised when people when you've got like a team of however many different people, it's probably only like a handful of people, to write a book that is 140-odd pages that, you know, there's going to be a sentence or two in that book. That'll break it. That are written incorrectly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. in the most cases, that sentence is fine. No one gives yeah. a shit. And then in the one case where it applies to one super, like, special rule... And suddenly it just yeah. means that everything is broken, like the remaining stationary until the until the yeah. end of your movement shooting phase, as opposed yeah. to in your next in shooting phase. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's or like for the purposes of shooting attacks, or yeah. But the severity of that, and the fact that hey, our mistakes carry more weight than say someone misprinting or instead of of yeah. right, in terms yeah. of say any other publication. That for but me I mean, I th- means I think it carries more weight. Therefore, yeah, they yeah. need to be stricter on how they edit yeah. and they structure their books. Like yeah. that is. I, mean, that I, is I, I, I want to throw out there as well. It's, it's not not having a go at the specific people who are writing these because I imagine that there's, as as Burley mentioned, like a small team of them who are like, and there's someone higher up the chain going, "You've got three of these to do in the next few weeks. We can get them out to printers. So you know, hurry the fuck up with your books. Pick your poison. You blame I the editor. It's... You blame the see the company as a whole, right? Whoever the the, the person, yeah, yeah. the people, the everything that is Games Workshop, the producer product that we buy, you know, i.e., nine times out of ten here in Australia, is spending seventy plus eighty ninety dollars on an inferior product every time, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just not good enough. I'm sorry, but it just isn't. Yeah, I agree. When you look at, well, I mean, although their stock yeah. price has been plummeting lately, but if you look at good. you know how much fucking money GW makes. Generally speaking, it's like yeah, they can afford to hire like another editors, editor. another yeah. editor. Yeah, like, even just and a they... team whose entire job is to make sure that all the books are compliant. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Keep keep some subletter level of standard put it into place. It's like whatever. they're completely separate from the actual rules writer, so they don't have to come up with rules or anything like that. Their job is no. just to make yeah. sure that hey, you're referring to this kind of rule. It sounds like this other kind of rule you've used before. Are they the same? Are they intended to be the same? Okay, they are cool. We're just going to change all the language to make sure that they're the same. Yeah. Exactly, hundred yeah. percent. That's a perfect way of putting it, and that's all they need. Literally, it probably cost them an extra hundred grand a year to employ someone to do that. Like, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, let's let's leave and, on a high and, note by saying and, and the, how uh, is good. The other thing is, I'll say is, and for the love of God, find Timmy, Timmy the editor, who's uh, Timmy the intern, who's in charge of editing in these pictures, <laughs> and, beat him, <laughs> and, and beat him, beat him around the head, and give him a head. raise because his work is yeah. <laughs> That was a good high note, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks, Bailey, for coming on and, Thank, and talking everything absolutely. town. No, thanks for having yeah. me. Always great to be back. Awesome. For sure. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for, for chatting with me, Lockie. And thank you, all of you wonderful people, for listening. Uh, we hope to catch you guys next time. Make sure to check out the Battle Report that came out today. 
Um, there's of course Lockie and I playing the new Eldar and the new Tower books. Um, sorry, sorry, Tower players. Just if you haven't watched this, and sorry. So, and to be fair, sorry, Eldar players. Like it's, I'm sure I missed a buttload of stuff in that. Um, check that one out, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.